to do an I am prayer with you guys this morning. Just uh, just put your hand on your heart, just because I, you know, I believe everyone's here positioned uh, to receive this morning. Um, your spirit beings, God's got a plan and a purpose, and, a, and He wants to activate uh, His vision around every, each and every single one of our lives today. So here we go. I am a child of faith. I am a child of promise. I am a child of destiny. I am a child of freedom. Awesome. Tell your neighbor they're looking outstanding. Looking outstanding. Thanks for coming to church. I am so grateful to have you with us. You can say all that as well. <laughs> if you're visiting with us today, great to have you here, and I hope you're really enjoying the service. And uh, This morning, uh, we're actually kicking off a, an exciting topic, um, and the topic is called Built to Last. Um, Kevin Forlong was in here. Um, who remembers Kevin? He was here about three weeks ago, and he said, hey, things that last don't come easy, and things that come easy, they don't last. <laughs> and uh, I went out and uh, just was meditating on that, especially over that week, and just felt like that God was really breathing on that statement for us at a time at, at this time, and and that He actually um, He's all about us aligning our lives with strength, isn't He? He loves. He is strong. He is able. He is willing. You know, David said things like, "You know, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe." Uh, like the King of Kings, He provides this platform for our lives of strength. And so when we start attaching ourselves and connecting ourselves to His strength, it overflows into our lives and we become strong. You know, uh, you can see this building has been uh, through a little bit of reno work here, and um, this has been happening for the last kind of couple of months-ish. And so uh, the idea here, though, is that you can see there's reinforcement that's gone in. So this has been upgraded. It's been strengthened. It's got new structure in it. And um, to be able to do that, you've, we've had to pull off a few layers to get right back, you know, to the bones of the church and to do that, of the building. And it looks a little bit ugly for a time. You've got to pull the layers back. And our lives can be a little bit like that, you know, when God's like, hey, I want to, I want to strengthen your life. I want, to, I want to put something new in your life, and I, and I want you to start aligning yourself with what I think about you. And sometimes to do that, it's got to pull off some layers in our heart, and we can feel a little bit messed up, a little bit ugly, a little bit raw, but it's all about Him being able to empower us and strengthen our lives so that we can go on in life and be strong. So today I'm just going to open up um, from uh, 3 John 1. Uh, when we were talking about you know, doing a series built to last, Lynn said, hey, we should get our granddad on stage and he could be a good example of uh, someone who's built to last. He's like 90, 94, is that right, granddad? And he is doing, he's doing it well, man. This guy is a legend. Let's just honor granddad here today. He's, I don't know if I can, like, you're my granddad. You're my granddad-in-law, but you're my granddad. And I think you're amazing, Bruce. So, yeah, I want to honor you this morning. He's just lived such a legacy of faith and, um, and just stayed sweet through many trials. And so we should get you on stage there, granddad, sometime. <laughs> 3 John 1. Uh, this is a letter from John uh, and specifically to a dear friend of him called Gaius. 
And it starts out like this. It says, to the, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in, uh, in all things, sorry, and be in health. You know, that, that Greek word, I mean, we, when we talk about prosper, we're all like, oh, yeah, I'd like some of that. I, I, I want to know what it means to be prosperous. I want to I engage in something that is alive and there's overflow. And, it, and the Greek word here, because the New Testament's written in Greek, it means this. It just means to go well in all things on the journey of life. That, so it's like saying, hey, that you, you would prosper, that you would be able to go well on your journey, that you would have enough for your journey, that you would have all the, all the practical resources uh, in your life so that you can fulfill the, the mission and the commission that I have for you. You know, I, I don't want to see you under-resourced, just kind of scraping through, just getting by. I want you to have kind of like this fatness of resources around your life. And then that verse goes on and it says, so that, that, um, that in all things you'd be in health just as, and, and prosper in all things, sorry, and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers, because, you know, it's, we all know it's, it's not just enough just to have the stuff. Like, you know, it's, we, could, we, could, we could have the money, the boat, the car, the airplane, or the spaceship, you know, to get us there. But if we don't have the inner capacity to actually have a heart for why we're going there, for why we're called there, for what's going to uh, take us there through the challenges, through the journey of life. There's just, you know, we're, we're missing an essential ingredient. So this whole prosperity of the soul is really dear and important to the heart of God. And as we do this built to last kind of uh, series uh, that we're in, uh, we're talking about, we, wanna, we want your whole life to prosper. We don't want, I mean, yeah, I'd love you all to have a new car and a new home and all that. And that's like, whoa, that's cool. And, and the resources for your dreams. But if, you, if, if you're looking good on the outside and there's not a prosperity of heart and, an, and it's not coming from an overflow within your life, a strength within the core of who you are, then you're missing out. You're missing out on, on the fullness of, of who uh, God is in you. And, and it goes on in verse 3. It says, Paul's like, uh, so, uh, sorry, <laughs> John is like, for I rejoice greatly uh, when brethren, and that's the believers, uh, came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in truth. You know, so there's something of truth that connects with us to create a prosperity of the soul within our lives, to create capacity. You know, truth uh, it, it's the thing the Bible says that set us free. It, it liberates us. Truth liberates us from our inner, pris inner prisons, and it, it gives us instruction, it gives us leadership, and it gives us direction. You know, the Bible, the Word of God, is just the very breath. It's the very instruction of the King of kings, of the Lord of lords, and the Word of God is this, is this kind of this food for the, our souls. And, and David said, you know, I meditate on this word day and night. I'm not going no, to let this book of the law, actually, God said that to Joshua. I'm not going to let the book of the law depart. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Do not let the word of God come off your lips, man. It's, meditate means to mumble. It means to, to digest. It means to think. It means to ponder on a truth. And there's something uh, about truth that sets us free. When we actually digest it, when we get past the noise of life and go, actually, I want to grow in my life, it's only going to grow from a platform of truth. And truth essentially is an instruction. It's an instruction to our life. 
You know, we love instruction manuals. You're like, Flip, I need, I need those. Sometimes I pretend I don't, uh, and I try and do something like make a set of bunks, and it's like all of a sudden, crumple, <laughs> you know? We need a manual to construct. See, our instruction defines our construction. The Bible is designed to create, for instruction, to create a construction around your life, right? The Bible does something in our hearts and it shifts things around and it reveals God's plan for us. And suddenly because we're, we're, we're hinging, our life starts hinging off truth, off the Word of God, it, it, it defines and redefines the shape of the construction of, of uh, our lives. And in this passage, John is commending Gaius for his walk in the truth that feeds the prosperity of his life and that truth is shaping the construction of his life. Like, we've got to get our construction right, people. You know, uh, as a kid, uh, I used to love building dams, you know. Did anyone, anyone hang out with their dad and just dam up a creek? Like, we, were, we um, used to holiday up uh, Kaiteri, uh, rewalk away. Dad grew up in that area. We lived in Blenheim. And, and so we would... Uh, go specifically to this bay called Stevens Bay, and, um, and, and there was a, an amazing little creek there, and um, Dad hated the crowds of Kaiteri Terry. He absolutely, yeah, he just wouldn't do crowds. Dad was an active relaxer. When we're on holiday, we're building dams, we're climbing mountains, we're helping Grandma in a garden. We're like, we have got a plan, and we're doing it. We're not sitting down. We're going to go water skiing, we're going to build a dam, you know. Uh, you know, he was, he's a, mum and dad were awesome to go on holiday with. There was always something happening. As actually, as I was sharing in the, in the first uh, service, we used to, when we um, would drive um, from Blenheim to uh, Nelson, there's this range called the Wonga Mowers. Is anyone familiar with the Wonga Mowers? It used to have something like 15,000 bends in it until they uh, sort of straightened out the road. And we'd go up in our 19, uh, like 69, I think it was, or something like that, Mark II Cortina, um, 1300, uh, bench seat, six of us in this little, like, you know, hunk of, hunk of Ford awesomeness. Um, and we would just whine our way, like, and we'd have all these, like, Japanese cows, like, flying past us all the time. And dad used to just say, Jap crap. And, and we'd just take it really slowly in our Mark II. And somehow, though, it was always so windy that half the car had vomited by the time uh, we got down the other side. Anyway, and I remember this time when, um, when uh, you know, the kids are going crazy in the back. And, and I think I was sitting in the middle of the front. And, and Duncan and Amy, actually, they were kind of like the feisty ones in our family, family of four. And, and dad's, like, turning around going, shut up! And he's, like, doing that wild whacking hand. Any fathers tried to do that? We don't do that so much these days. Um, we discipline through other means, like a stick. It takes a lot further. No, um, so Dad's doing, and, and uh, you know, like I'm going to pull up, just shut up, you know, I'm going to stop pulling the car, pull my belt off, and yeah, and uh, and Mum's and Mum was hilarious. She was sitting right behind Dad with a uh, with with a Kermit the Frog toy, and uh, and uh, she's like, oh, shut up. And, and whacked him over the head with a toy, thinking, oh, there's a soft Kermit the Frog toy, forgetting that Kermit had these two white hard eyes on his head, and it went crack over his head, and, and it was, oh! It's good, eh? Who loves family holidays? <laughs> oh, man. I just never forget that one. That was, that was so funny. Uh, honor my parents if they listen to this podcast. They're amazing. 
Anyway, making dams. We were making dams, weren't we? Uh, so we would go and we would make dams at, um, at, in Stevens Bay. And the cool thing about this wee creek is it had copious amounts of sand. And we could, uh, and we could get some, uh, a little bit of driftwood reinforcing. Anyone done that before as well? Get your driftwood reinforcing in there. And you could shovel heaps of sand and you'd make this uh, dam about this high. And you'd create this huge lake in there and you'd have like driftwood boats and then you'd you'd let the dam go and all the water would like <laughs> rush out and I know you're all in your happy place. I used to love doing that. And the, and the cool thing about sand to make a dam is just like it's really easy to shift. You can just move it around and and but the problem with it is that it just you know as that water just built up it's just not going to withstand the pressure. It's not going to withstand the elements. Uh, uh, sand, as, as awesome as it is for fun construction, was not built to actually withstand much. And when we'd go to places and make dams out of rocks, like, you know, you could go back a week later, is that right? And it's still there. Even you know, if the water's still running through it, if there's been a flood, there's, you know, sometimes a few things that have moved, but the, the rocks stand up to the pressure. There's a strength about them. And Jesus talks about, us building our life on the rock. And I just want to share with you from Matt 7 today. Um, it's Matthew chapter 7 uh, from verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. We usually focus on the verse 24 down of this because we're all about the story. We realize that the story is actually hinging on something here, and it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will in the Father. And then it goes on to the story and it explains the importance of building your life on the rock. The importance of having strength in your life because we know there's another house in that story too, right, don't we? There was the house that was built on the sand and it had the same storm that came to the house on the rock. But it, and and, and it, at the construction of what this house was built on defined whether this house was going to survive the storm. And the house on the sand was completely destroyed. See, this story is not about the architecture of the house. It's not about the widescreen TV that you put on the wall in the house. It's not about how many rooms the house had. This story is all about uh, that Jesus is the rock and we're called to build our life on the rock. Come on. Because when the storms of life come our way, blow on in, in the different areas of our life, because, you know, we've got so many different, maybe it's a family storm, maybe it's a work storm, maybe it's a, you know, maybe uh, it's a vision storm, a disappointment storm that's around you, you know. It might not be your whole life, but God has got strength and instruction for every dimension of our life, hasn't he? He has got a structure, instruction, he creates a structure, and then a construction comes around those different dimensions of our life when we plant our life 
on the rock of Jesus Christ. I just want that next image up now. It's, uh, and this is um, the image that we're going to kind of flow this, uh, the partner, our, our theme was, and because the wise man, he builds his house on the rock, and the house that's built on the rock is built to last. And I love the image of the lighthouse because not only is it built on the rock, but it's also built to shine. It's built to uh, alert uh, uh, you know, ships from from um, crashing onto uh, jagged rocks. I love the image of the the lighthouse. It's it's a monument to strength, isn't it? And so I believe that each one of us, as we are built on, on on the rock of Jesus Christ, we're also built to shine. We're also built to have prominence uh, in in our lives as well. And you know, it's one thing. To see the rock. You know, I'm talking about Jesus Christ today as the rock. It's one thing to see the rock that we can build on. It's another thing to know how to connect our current situation with that rock. How do I take my life and put my life on that rock? How do I take my dreams, my gifts, my talents, my disappointments, my weaknesses, my regrets, and how do I make that jump onto the rock and become connected to that unshakable strength? How do I do that in every area of my life? And how does it just stay there like a good dog? How does my life stay on that rock? Like, stay there, doggy. Stay, (laughs) you know? Come on. No, I'm scared. Stay. Stay life. Because sometimes it's like that, eh? It's like, whoa, I had faith, something I had faith for last week. I'm like, come back. Where's my faith? Where's my perspective? And we're kind of like, we're called to actually encourage ourselves and say, come on, this is where I'm building from. This is the platform, the strength of my life, whether it's in my finances or whatever. I'm called onto this platform. This platform, this rock, I have to stay here because that is the hope, that is, that, that is the strength of my hope. That, that rock. So how today, today I want to just kind of like give, bring one key one key that is going to help with your connection, and it's a perspective about you. It's a perspective about who you are to the Father and how you get connected to the rock that is Jesus Christ. And, and it's going to bring you a greater prosperity of your soul because this is about the journey of your life. This is about soul prosperity. This is about living out of the abundance of God's provision that he has put within your own heart. So this is in Colossians 3.23, and it says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. See, this, this is, you're like, what are you talking about this now? But this scripture was addressed by Paul to slaves. This was a message to those who were enslaved. And he was saying, Paul was saying, just to start this out, he was saying, slaves, you're in a position of slavery, but I believe that you can have a mindset that is far greater than the posture of your slavery. See, the, the fact that you're a slave slave, it's irrelevant to the why you should do why you do what you do. The fact that you're a slave does not define your attitude. Maybe it's a time slave for you to to start deploying an attitude of gratitude and start going, you know, I don't want to do my life for any other reason than what I do for the Lord. You know, this is my life, my, my frustration, my pain, my box, my tension, my, this, 
all of this right now, I'm going to do whatever I do with this, it is for the Lord. And other, other Bible versions say, what, you know, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Work at it with your whole being. Work at it wholeheartedly. Do it with all your soul as for the Lord. And so it's interesting that word wholeheartedness because, you know, Christ wants to make our hearts whole so that we can be wholehearted. He wants to bring healing into our hearts so we can be wholehearted. And he's saying, you know, you do this wholeheartedly. Do this from a place of healing. And don't be, don't be framed by the fact that you are someone else's property because slaves had it pretty tough 2,000 years ago. I mean, you, you think of like even living 2,000 years ago. We live like kings now compared with what people did. I mean, we've got a flushing toilet. I mean, that is a flipping awesome in- invention. <laughs> I mean, who can just like, yeah, that, that's enough right there. <laughs> Running water. My electricity. TV. <laughs> really? <laughs> is that a blessing? Uh, yeah. You know, so slaves, they had it so tough. They had so much to deal with personally because... When you were a slave, you lost your identity. You, you know, like I said, you're someone else's property. You've lost your family. You've lost your dignity. Slaves were branded as a slave, weren't they? They, were, they could be identified by their branding. They, were, they either had tattoos or they had the hot iron or they had piercings. But it all said, you're someone else's. You've lost who you are. You've lost your identity but Paul says the fact that you're in this place of hardship, the fact that you are actually, you know, in a rut, your life is not your own, that is not going to define you. That is not going to define your, uh, your working environment. That is not going to define your mindset. And he was like, hey, in the midst of your pain, look beyond your oppression. Look beyond your situation and take this moment. Take the moment that you're on your knees scrubbing the floor. Take the moment when you're out in the dirt working the land. Take the moment when you're cleaning up the mess after, you know, after that, that your masters have made. And look to the Lord in those moments. Look to Him and go, I don't do this for me. I don't do this for my master. I, I do this for the Lord. Because slaves, in fact... You're not positioned in your vocation. You're positioned on the rock. This actually goes on to say that, that God the Father, slave, you know, God the Father sees you. He sees you in your moment, and he sees you, and he says, I'm connected to you, and I'm laying up an inheritance for you, something that you actually will tangibly receive from me because I see you in this pain and I see where you're at, but I've got a plan for your life. See, God wants to redefine our ownership, I believe, here today. If you want to build your life on the rock, if you want to be able to be someone who will stand, you know, going into your 20s, thinking about your career, thinking about who you're going to marry, thinking about all that stuff that is so in your heart and important to you, then Jesus Christ has to be the rock of your future. He's got to define the ownership of every sphere of life that we move into. And he wants to, if you've been living in a place where you've been shut down and shut out, he wants to say, hey, no, that's not, that's not the end of your story. 
You put your heart and your life and you take what you have in this moment and you do that for me. You give that to me. I'm going to work with this, new, this raw material of your life. And I'm going to take off what doesn't belong and I'm going to put in what belongs. I'm going to give you a new structure and a new, a new reference point for why you do what you do in life. So I believe today that God actually just wants to shift, if you don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> some slave mindsets. Because we we don't live 2,000 years ago, and we've got some sweet stuff happening around us. We've got flushing toilets, for goodness sake. I mean, that's, we just identified that that was breakthrough. <laughs> but we can still stay stuck. We can still be a slave in our own life a slave to our past, a slave to our mindset. And but God said, hey, it starts in the mind. It starts in the way you think about yourself. The Bible says in Romans 12, to be transformed with the renewing of your mind. Come on, we're going to grab God's perspective. You want to, you know, grab God's perspective of you today. Grab it, grab it, be liberated. You know, anything that is built to last, is going to start on something that is strong, whether it's a chassis, whether it's a vehicle that's, you know, the chassis's got to be constructed right, the building's got to be constructed right, and I, and I just like, God's liberating people here this morning. He's liberating people here this morning. In Galatians 4.20 it says, so you're no longer a slave, but God's child, and since you are his child, God has also made you an heir He's made you an heir. You are a receiver from the Father. God doesn't have any great-great-grandchildren. He only has boys and girls. He only has his kids. You know, it's not just enough for you to know a Christian or know someone who has a good idea about God or you like you respect someone's life. It's not enough. Like, God, you're called into a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. You're an heir of salvation. You are an heir you have an inheritance from the kingdom. In, in Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Don't, it's interesting it says don't be burdened again because you can, you know, it's easy to come out of something, but then, you know, the, the familiar spirits, the ruts that we were in can sometimes just suck us back to those old mindsets. But that mindset that is anything less than Christ is a burden. It's a, it's a rut and it's a yoke of slavery. And this morning, God wants to break some stuff off your life. We just have that lovely keyboardist up this morning. That would be amazing. I just want everyone to close your eyes right now and just open your hearts to the possibility that God wants to set you free from some slave stuff. Just open your hearts right now. Just, oh, Holy Spirit, I just, well, there he is. Holy Spirit. Just, we just, we're right now, we're just going to receive right now. We just receive your voice to our lives. Today, if you find, and just stay in that mode and just listen to what I've got to say, please. <laughs> If you find yourself stuck in a default oppressive or depressive mood, this is not who you are in Christ. You are a son or a daughter in God. There's a channel of love from the Father 
to you this morning that wants to break that chain, that slave, that being a slave to your mood. I believe there are people here that are going to be broke, that's going to be broken off this morning. If you find yourself just going through the motions at work or the motions at parent, as a parent, and you feel like you're a slave to what you've done, the life that you've built, God wants to break that off you and regret and disappointment off you today and set you free with purpose this morning. Man, you might be a slave to fear here this morning, whether it's flying or spiders or crowds of people or water or, man, fear just can manifest in so many different ways. God wants to set you free and break that off your life today. Maybe you've been a slave to your performance and and you've just, you know, your life has been all about going, man, I'm only as good as as my output. I'm only as good as what I do. God wants to set you free from that mindset today because you, before you can do anything, God is loving you just for who you are today. Maybe you've been a slave to poverty. God wants to break you out and bring prosperity around your life. You may have been a slave to your own pride, your own opinion of yourself and your perspective on life. I want to encourage you to lay your life down today and receive grace and humility from Him. You know, he wants to bust some people out right now. Everyone just stand with me this morning. Just stand with me. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, you may be here this morning and you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, and you're like, whoa, what is all this about? Jesus kind of defined himself as a gateway. And he's like, man, you can only come to the Father through the Son. I'm like the gateway. And this morning, you might be just like, you know, feel like I've just been a slave to my past and my circumstances. And I just want to let you know today, there's an invitation that is in front of you. And and because he says, I stand at the door and knock. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, come on in. Come on into relationship. Come on into connection. Come on into community with me. I want to take that slave mindset off your life. If that's you today, then in this moment, I want to just invite you to come up to the front. I want to invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you here today and you're like, man, I want to accept Christ, I just want to invite you up right now just to come to the front. If you're here this morning, And you're like, I've just got to attach my life to Christ again, to the rock. And I've got the slave stuff going on. I feel like I've been in a prison today. Then right now, I just bind that stuff up over your life. I bind it and I break its power to operate, to manifest and and create a prison for your life. You are not born to be in prison. You are born to be free to be a son and a daughter and free in Christ Jesus. And if that's you today, then there's an opportunity here. You know, there's a PowerPoint I just want to put up there. It says, the, bra- the brave do not live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. 
Bill Johnson said, if you live cautiously, your friends will call you wise. You just won't move many mountains. And I just want to encourage you today, if you're standing there going, I don't know if I should respond. I want to I call you into courage. I want to call you to make a, a move today to see some stuff broken off your life. You know, this is the altar, and this is a place of being altered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want to call you into this place of encounter this morning. Because you are no longer a slave to your life. He has called you to live wholeheartedly and fully for Him as a son and a daughter of the King. We're going to start singing No Longer a Slave right now. And as we start singing, I just want to invite you up the front to receive ministry this morning. We're going to have the ministry team here, and we're going to pray for you and see liberation around your life. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, then I want to encourage you to step out of your seat this morning and receive His love, receive His forgiveness, receive His healing. Thanks, Ben. Let's go for it now.